Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Laura. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Hey y'all, I'm having such a good day today, I hope you are as well. Had a little bit of uh, PTO to use up before my annual renewal, and so I decided to take a half day today. And this ended up being the perfect time for me to go on a little adventure, and to tell you about it. I went to the Wyandotte County Museum in Butter Springs this afternoon, and I spoke with Amy Locke, the museum director, about their new temporary exhibit, the Fairfax Industrial District. That conversation will be exclusively for my patron supporters, and it'll be available to y'all in a few days. But anyway, this museum is a nice building. It's built in the 1960s, but it does not look that old at all. I'm sure if you work there, you're like, oh, no, this, this, and this is wrong, and we have problems with X, Y, and Z. Uh, but you cannot tell that from the outside. <laughs> and it, it sits basically in the center of Wyandotte County Park which I had no idea. It's like really close to the Ag Hall of Fame. And if you grew up in KC, I can pretty much guarantee that you went there at least once for a field trip in elementary school and that you've been to like one concert a summer at Sandstone, which is also right there. Um, but yeah, I just, I had no idea, but you have no idea either. It's, um, the park's got a lot of windy roads. So she said, sometimes folks have trouble finding them. But GPS, y'all, I had no problem following the turns. And um, it sits right next to the golf course. It's really green. It's a really pretty area. It's open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 4, and it's always, always free, which is the best. So uh, this is actually my first time visiting the museum. Um, but it's my second time talking to Amy. So we did a Patreon episode on the museum as a whole last summer. I think it was June. might have been July. Where was I? Okay, so yeah, so we, we spoke last summer. And, you know, at the time the pandemic was over a year old, but there was like a new wave of cases last summer and no vaccines yet. So we were all still being really careful. And so we ended up speaking virtually. So this is actually the first time I met her in person. It was really nice to see her in person. Uh, she seems really nice. She's really passionate about local history and community history and getting the community involved in the museum. And so this new exhibit on Fairfax seems absolutely perfect for her uh, her goal in that respect. Um, they, they spent a year or more working on it, she said. Um, they actually put out a call to the community for stories and artifacts back in October of 2021. And she said they had a fantastic response. They've got uh, lots of transcripts of stories that people have told about when they worked there or their grandparents or, you know, other multiple generations. Um, a lot of folks donated artifacts for the exhibit. Some of them donated the artifact to the museum in an, uh, perpetuity. So like the museum owns it now, which is great because they didn't have any Fairfax ex uh, artifacts before this. And it's a nice uh, balance between 
uh, exhibit cases and the poster boards. And it's like nice poster boards, right? It's not like your fifth crater with magic marker. It's the nice informational poster boards um, with information that you have museums. And I, I learned a lot of really cool stuff. Um, if y'all are in the area, I really think y'all to visit it, especially if you've grown up in the area, I'm sure you have a connection to Fairfax, whether you realize it or not. And uh, you'll learn a lot. I learned a lot. Like today, history, today, there's a Kellogg company factory at uh, Fairfax because it's still an, an ongoing industrial park. And 85% of all Cheez-Its in the world are produced at this Kellogg factory, which you can find online. And that's, that's still a really fun fact. But what I didn't know before seeing this exhibit was that Kellogg Company History connects all the way back to the Loose Wild Biscuit Company founded by Jacob Loose of Loose Park in KCMO. And he founded this company in 1902. So I 100% have that marked as a future topic. Uh, you know, Fairfax also has a lot of military history and aviation history. I just, I really want you guys to come see this exhibit. And since you're there, you should just check out the Rusty Museum. <laughs> when you first walk into the library, there's this big-ass bell smack dab in the center like it just it dominates the space. Uh, to your right is the check-in desk, and behind that is the research area. And then behind the bell, at the other end of the lobby, are the museum offices. And um, to the left is the Native American Hall, and to the right is the modern Wyandotte County History Exhibit Hall. The vibe, the style, the design of the two halls are vast different. So, so different. Uh, it almost looks like two different museums. Amy and her staff are working on updating and kind of modernizing the county history hall. She wants to make it easier for them to change out artifacts and exhibit information. And she also wants to add some interactive slash STEM exhibits for kids, which they already have at the Native American History Hall. And y'all, to be honest, the County History Hall is good. They have this enormous, super old fire truck. It looks absolutely like no other old fire truck you've ever, ever, ever seen. I can't even begin to describe it. Photos will be on social media. And they have all this information on all the little towns that used to exist, all the cities that make up Wyandotte County. But the Native American History Hall just super impressed me. Like I said... They look and feel totally different, and I don't want to imply that the county hall is unprofessional or sloppy in any way. It is not. It is very good. But the Native American History Hall just has this crisp, clean look to it that the other one did not have, and I found it very visually appealing. And, and they also, like I said a moment ago, already have three different interactive elements including some archaeology-based interactive stations. Archaeology, if you didn't know, is one of my first loves, so I was incredibly happy to see that. And finally, finally, finally got to see the infamous Connolly sister shotgun. Generally speaking, not a fan of guns. Big fan of history weapons, but even historic guns I just kind of glance over. So if you're confused as to why I'm excited to see this particular gun, 
then you need to go listen to my People of the Island series, This Gun Features in the Story I Told in Sacred Ground. It also features in my conversation with Chief, uh, Chief Louisa Libby of the Wyandot Nation of Kansas, Parts 1 and 2. All right. Um, well, that was actually way faster than I realized, but that's enough talking today. This is a cool museum. Please go check it out. I hope you'll consider becoming a financial supporter of the podcast if you are able to do so. There are a few different ways. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. Or you can just give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or ko-fi.com slash homegrownkc. And that's ko-fi.com. You can give as little or as much as you want a month, even as little as $1. When you, when you sign up to be a monthly supporter, you create an account, subscribe to the show, you'll be charged on that day, and then following that on the first of every month. Um, and if you become a monthly supporter, you get an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less, a shout-out on every show and uh, social media post. So thank you, Bjorn, Joan, and Gina, for your continued support. Appreciate you. You also get access to exclusive bonus content featuring other local historians, archivists, and museum experts, such as this conversation with Amy that I had earlier today. Everyone who simply donates, you will get a shout-out on the next available episode, but you do not get access to the bonus content or anything from the merchandise store. And this is really cool and exciting for me. If you donate on Ko-fi, 1% automatically goes to Elfimic fight climate change, which is very important to me. Climate change is real. It's serious. It's why we've had this hellishly hot summer. And I just read today that the Farmer's Almanac is also predicting we're going to have a hellishly freezing cold winter. Not a fan. I hope they're wrong. If you cannot support me monetarily, which I totally get, you can still support me by following and subscribing to the show on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube. I am homegrown crazy on all of those. And please rate and review me on Apple Podcasts. You can visit my website for additional information. That's homegrownkc.wordpress.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there. It comes out once a month, usually the first of the month. Tells you what's new and going on with the show. It's only that one time. I'm not going to send you an email every day. I don't want you to hate me, which you would if I sent you an email every day. Um, it's just a great way to stay up to date with what's going on. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkcpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on any of the social media networks. If you want to check out merchandise, go to Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com slash store slash homegrown underscore KC underscore store. Thank you goes out to my talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, for the creation of my logo. To the dear misses for the use of their song Kansas City as the intro and outro music of the show, and to local libraries which enable me to gather all my research. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Get you off my mind. Battle of my nerve for 